In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. My name is Father Matt, I'm one of the rectors here. Our texts today deal with the reality of this verse that Jesus uh, throws out in Matthew 11, from the days of John the baptizer until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and violent people take it by force. Our reading from Isaiah is uh, a declaration over a destroyed Jerusalem that had been conquered by a foreign empire, and it was a prophetic declaration of hope that one day Jerusalem would be a place of peace and justice. But the current reality of Jerusalem was one of violence and devastation. Our reading from Revelation chapter 12 is uh, bananas, right? There's some sort of divine woman and a dragon that turns into a serpent and there's a child, male child, and then there's uh, wings and wildernesses. But again, it's a picture, the dragon being a symbol of uh, a violent empire wanting to devour this son of a woman that is God's chosen. And then today, uh, in our gospel reading, we see uh, Jesus saying that (laughs) essentially violence happens and it sucks. So friends, here's the good news. Today we declare the goodness of God's wisdom. The perplexing, mysterious, hard to accept, contradictory reality that God's kingdom is in work in a world full of violent people. Where are you in touch with the violence of our world this morning? Christ is there with you. Do not stumble. Christ is with you. I need to back up a little bit in this gospel text we read because the first sentence of the gospel text is after John's disciples left. So it's really clear that what's happening in this story is tied to what had just happened. John had come, John had sent, uh, John's disciples had come to like inquire if Jesus was the guy. Are you the one to come or should we expect another? And this this whole part of this scripture is really interesting because John's disciples come to inquire about Jesus' identity, then they go away, and Jesus teaches about John's identity. So it's an interesting narrative thing for nerds and dorks, three of you really like that. Are you the one to come, or should we look for another? The reason John didn't come himself, if you'll recall, is because he's in prison. What's going on here? I think the implication is clear. Herod has thrown John the Baptist in prison, and John's entourage is wondering if Jesus is going to bust him out. Jesus mentions, in response, he says, go and tell John what you've seen. The blind are able to see, the lame are cripples, 
are able to walk, skin diseases are healed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is proclaimed to the poor, right? Now, this is all the Isaiah stuff. And by Isaiah stuff, I mean all the things that Israel had hoped a Messiah would do. It's also a summary of what Jesus had done in Matthew chapter 8 and 9. Jesus is like, literally, go tell them what you've seen. And at first glance, it looks like Jesus is saying, duh. Or as my kids would say, durr. Or as my daughter says, no dip. But astute readers of the scriptures will recognize that there's one messianic promise from Isaiah Jesus doesn't mention here. One messianic promise or hope that somebody who'd been thrown in prison would really want to hear. One messianic hope that Jesus had preached on in Luke chapter 4 when he talked about the great hope for the Messiah from the book of Isaiah. And that is setting the prisoner free. Did Jesus just forget to say that? No, no, no. See, Jesus gives the list. I can just picture there's this like silence, right? And they're like waiting on it, you know? All right, keep going. Keep going. And Jesus looks at him and he says, Blessed is the one who doesn't stumble over me. Oh, snap. Right? Jesus may be setting prisoners free, but not John. The original wingman gets left in prison. This is where our text begins. You feel that in your body? Like between blessed is the one who's not, who hasn't stumbled over me and after John's disciples left is a whole lot of tension or silence. You know that was a complicated departure, right? Perplexing, hard to accept, confusing, confounding. Can any of us relate to this moment where you've done everything right? You ate the locusts, you wore the camel shirt, you lived in the wilderness, you said unpopular truths, you prayed the prayers, you gave up an easy life of comfort and status for hardship and pain, and the other people are getting the blessing, and, and you ain't. That's where our text starts. Today we proclaim the good news of God's wisdom. The perplexing, mysterious, hard to accept, confounding, contradictory reality of God's kingdom at work in a violent world. Where are you in touch with the violence of our world today? Because Christ is here, there, with you. Do not stumble. Christ is here. 
So after John's cortege left, Jesus addresses the crowds who are there, apparently, watching all this. There seems to be some lingering questions because Jesus is like asking them questions they haven't asked. So usually when we do that, it's more like Jesus is giving voice to something that's happening in the crowds who are, I don't know, trying to make sense of this, right? Why isn't Jesus helping his cousin, his friend, his kingdom collaborator? Is John not all that important? I thought John and Jesus were going to go ham on the Romans. You're just going to leave your boy in prison? What does this mean about you, Jesus? Maybe you can't bust him out. So Jesus decides in this moment to take aim at violence. And he, he goes after Herod and the crowds, and in so doing reveals that, that the world is full of violence and will find any and every reason to reject the wisdom of God's kingdom. First, Jesus says, who did you go out in the wilderness to see? Right? A, a, a reed shaken in the wind? A person wearing really fine clothes? Now, these are clearly allusions to Herod Antipas. Clearly. In Jewish scriptures, a reed shaken by the wind is somebody who is... Uh, will kowtow to whatever need is present, is wishy-washy. When we read the story of how John got thrown into prison, you remember how it happened? Herod was like, I'll give you whatever you want because you dance good. And then he throws John into prison. That is a reed shaken by the wind. There's also this beautiful prophetic reality, too, that the coins that Herod Antipas stamped and were in use in Galilee at this time, Herod's symbol was a reed. And it's on the stinking coins. And his two palaces were through the wilderness. Why do you get all political when you preach, Matt? Jesus... The kingdom of God is political, friends. You didn't go in the wilderness to see Herod Antipas, Jesus is saying. You went to see John. He was a prophet, more than a prophet. He is the promised Elijah that's to come. Don't think John's remaining in prison is an indictment against John. It's an indictment against Herod. Catch that? You see this? Now, you can't just say this and not have a Roman legion show up and kill you on the spot. So you have to speak creatively and prophetically. Which is why Jesus says, let those with ears hear. He's like, you know what we're talking about, right? Right, this is what we're talking about. But we can't really say what we're talking about, but you know what we're talking about. Reeds and robes and stuff. John's in prison, and Jesus isn't going to bust him out because the world runs on violence. Herod's prisons run on violence. Our prisons today, and the logic that keeps them so full, is run on violence. 
and it's perpetuated violently. There's a logic at work that is contrary to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. It runs on punishment, retribution, and payment of debt. We live in a world, friends, that still runs on this logic of violence. The United States has 5% of the world's population and 25% of the world's prison population. We've never met a problem that we wouldn't solve by violence. Now, there's an extended rant about the demonic logic of the carceral prison state we live in, but I can't take time to do that today. If you want to hear more about that, ask Ben about it. But note, John's imprisonment was a consequence of God's kingdom suffering violence and violent men taking it by force. Do you catch that? Many of us, too, suffer under the violence of our world today. And today, into that violence, we declare the goodness of God's wisdom, his often perplexing mysterious, hard-to-accept, contradictory reality of God's kingdom at work in the midst of a violent world full of violent people taking that violent world by force. Where are you in touch with this violence today? Where do you feel like you sent an entourage for help and they came back empty-handed? Christ is there with you. Do not stumble, beloved. Christ is here. Next, Jesus turns his attention to the crowds themselves. He says, you and this violent world found a problem with John because he didn't eat or drink. And then you found a problem with me because I did. (laughs) It's almost like you're looking for things It's almost like you love this violent world more than my kingdom. It's almost like you'll find any reason at all to not have to change. The implication is this. Jesus is saying, John and I aren't the problem. Because you can find a problem anywhere. Maybe the problem is you love violence And you'll find any and every reason to reject wisdom. Friends, I think I can relate to both feeling like John the Baptist here. God, will you just heal my grandchild? God, will you just please heal my marriage? God, why do I do the things I do? I don't want to do them anymore. Please help me. God, why did... They have to die. Like they were one of the good ones. I feel like that, and I love violence. I'm a victim and a perpetrator. And that's the real, that's the real key here, friends, is that there's a narrative out there that we can't talk about people victimized by violence because it separates the worlds into victims and oppressors. But if you're a Christian, you acknowledge you're both. And the only hope of the world is that people would acknowledge they're both. 
Don't let that narrative go by without saying it's both. So how does God's wisdom work here? Because we live in a world still where Herod still rages and crowds still find any and every reason to avoid making justice. Well, I want to go back to the beginning. Remember when, it isn't even in the text, friends, but it's hanging over this whole story. Remember when Jesus reads that list from Isaiah and he leaves out the prison part and he says, blessed is the one who would not, does not stumble over me. That word stumbling over me. Does that, does that catch you? Those of you who were Awana All-Stars or went to 73 VBSs, you know, does that ring a bell? Well, later on when Jesus says, you know what's going to happen to me? I'm going to get tied up, beaten, whipped, and executed by the state. And his best friend Peter says, not on my watch. What does Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. Nickname. (laughs) Get behind me, Satan. You have in things in mind things of man, not of God. What's he calling? A stumbling block. Hmm. Jesus dies the same death John does. Part of Part of the wisdom of the kingdom of God is that sometimes the violence wins in the moment. But you know who else takes that violence too? It's Jesus. Where are you experiencing violence? feeling imprisoned or feeling like I'm just caught up in this stuff that hurts other people. You know who's there? Christ. Christ is with you. Do not stumble. Christ is with you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.